Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am here with my guest slash co-host slash teammate Alyssa Catanzaro. And uh, we're also here with our producer, Nathan Yoder. We are doing an intro episode to a brand new series called Why Would I Volunteer? And every episode of this series is going to be about different areas whether you live in Rochester or not, for you to consider volunteering. And so, as you all know, the point of this show is this. We want to ask questions that you don't feel comfortable asking in church, and we are brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. Alyssa, welcome. Thank you. Can you, uh, just uh, before we get started in this series, Why Would I Volunteer?, um, can you just let everyone know what you do and what your role is at Browncroft? Yeah, so I am the missions coordinator here at Browncroft. I've been working at Browncroft for the last five years as um, I was an administrative assistant in the worship office. And now, yeah, now our missions service local and global. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's get started here. Um, so let's just frame this conversation. So this year we had the coronavirus we're still in the middle of it. We are social distancing, if you're watching on video. <laughs> um, you know, we had protests. We had politics. So, you know, I think we had all of this stuff happening. And um, so let's start here. When we say volunteer or serve, what's your definition and what do you think about that? Yeah, so I guess like when you... When I would think of a volunteer, I always think of someone that like wasn't paid. They're just someone that's doing it out of either the goodness of their heart or out of, you know, some kind of obligation, which isn't the best thing. But um, yeah, just someone that's like willing to serve others and others could be people. It could be like individuals, communities, um, animals, like areas it doesn't really matter uh what it is just like the willingness to serve outside of your outside of yourself normal every day yeah mm. yeah i think there the com- the unpaid component <laughs> is like the weird thing because like you know we work at a church other people work in an office right. building and like you can volunteer to take something outside of your role right and um I mean, let's let's just kind of go there right now. Yeah, you know, what what happens? And think about where we are today in our world. What happens when people volunteer that doesn't happen when they don't? Yeah. So I think like volunteering. I mean, it opens you up to new things, new people, new experiences, and it like excites you, which is cool sometimes I mean I guess sometimes your experience could be not so fun um but to volunteer outside of like your normal role or even I mean I guess within your role too there's pieces of it but to volunteer in some way um yeah I think it just like sparks something in you and so this could be like you know, Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. Just like taking care of people, like, I don't know, makes you, I don't know. It's hard to explain because like, it's so easy, um, to go on a mission trip or to like serve in some capacity. And then you get that like spiritual high (laughs) that's, or, you know, just the serving high. Um, that's just like, I want to do more of this. Like, this is so awesome. Um, but yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that that's great because, and again, I think the whole reason we're doing this series is we want to help you as a listener consider how can you make a difference. Right. And and I think that there's this, there's these two tensions with that. Like, so the first tension is, you know what? I'm just going to start my own organization. I'm just going to, I see a problem. I'm going to make it happen. And then, like, the other side of that is, like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. There's so many options. I'm just not going to do anything. Right. And I think what we're trying to say is there's somewhere in the middle that, you know, with what this world needs is people to serve and to volunteer. And the person that changes the most is usually you. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. How do you kind of walk through that tension too? Yeah. So I think that's, I was actually thinking about that this morning, like preparing for this podcast. I was thinking it is so easy to fall into that. Like when you serve, when you serve, you feel really good. And so, and that's not a bad thing. Like I think God gives you joy in the things that you know brings him joy so if you're taking care of people and serving people in different ways like that brings you a lot of joy it makes you really happy and it feels really good but I think it's easy to serve because of that like I'm not feeling spiritually connected or whatever like I should serve in some kind of capacity to sort of like spike yourself up and and then there's also just like I mean pride super easy to slip in there too just like it feels really good and I'm super awesome and they need me a lot so I'm gonna be there and I think um yeah I think just like the intention behind why you serve is really important and like I mean we all fall guilty of doing something just because it's fun or Uh, If you go on a trip, like the adventure piece of it and like the new area, like that's that's just fun just as a human. Um, But I do think, yeah, you just have to be careful because like if your intentions behind it are like, oh, I want to see a new place and I want to take really cool pictures and I like, you know, I want to feel really good and I'm super great and they need my experience and everything that I, you know, know how to do Um, instead of like, I want to serve because, you know, God is incredible and wants us to serve and wants the glory back for him, not for us. So I think like the intention behind it is really important and that's something that I've been have wrestled with in the past like even just questioning my own should I even have gone on certain trips in my past probably not (laughs) the like reasons to go were not good they were like oh like my first mission trip was super super influential to my faith and even like as I sit here as an employee of a church like that trip was so important to me And the reason why I went was because it was to the island of Jamaica. (laughs) And I'm like, that's super awesome. I'm 14. Like, let's go. And yeah, those intentions are like, they're genuine, but they're not. uh, Yeah, they should have been better. (laughs) So let's go there. Because I think, again, in our world today, people want to make a difference. They want to be part of the solution to problems. And that's even why we're talking about Mm -hmm. this. What does it look like to be in the right frame of reference for a serve opportunity? Yeah, so I think, um, so, okay, so before I said, like, you know, people think that they are super needed in certain areas, like, everyone definitely has skills and gifts and things that other people don't have, so that is important and helpful, Um it just doesn't mean that the organization or the person that you're serving like can't go on without you. I think that's like where the switch is because I don't want it to seem like you don't have anything to or like to, you know, you don't have anything to give because you definitely do. Like everyone has um, just skills that they're bringing to the table, which is super awesome. Um, So I definitely think like, asking God what those are what the what your gifts are what your skills are and some of them are very clear and you know and then others like will come out as you learn or talk to people um but yeah just go after like what you care about and if you are doing it to serve and bring people towards the name of Jesus then you're going in the right direction if you yeah, I just feel like if it's with the intention of bringing people closer to God, even if that's like, I'm not saying that you have to have a conversation with people that is like, Jesus is the best thing ever and, you know, you really need him in your life. It could be 
serving with Flower City Work Camp and, you know, fixing someone's house, even as that is just like a constant reminder as they walk into their new room and the walls are painted and the floor has been redone, like that is a reminder that God has seen them and cares about them and sent people into their homes that were willing to, you know, just take care of them for a week. And I just think that's, yeah, that's just like super important just to use your skills, use what you've got, but know that, you know, if you're pointing them to Jesus with your words or with your actions, just the way that you're caring for them, like that's, yeah, that's the right direction. So let me, let me ask you this, because I also think that there's a tension that we all kind of go through either I'm going to volunteer and serve in all these one-time opportunities. Mm-hmm. So you, you just talked about it there, you know, for those of you, um, Flower City Work Camp outside of Rochester, it's, it's a lot like Habitat for Humanity, you know, people go and serve and build houses. We've talked about missions trips, you know, there's churches that send people on these short-term trips mm-hmm. and maybe maybe what's good is to kind of talk about the pros and cons of like you know we have people that quietly serve at browncroft at local schools Mm -hmm. like and they go every week yeah no one versus these kind of one-time things i don't know how do you process through all that yeah i think that's i think that's been it's an interesting conversation like the global and local serve opportunities because um, I think in our minds, it's easy to be like, oh, okay, once I get there, I'll be able to serve in Africa. Like I have to hit certain spiritual checkpoints to go certain areas in the world on a short-term trip. I personally, I think it's harder to serve in your own hometown weekly or monthly. Like I think that is so, and harder maybe might not be the right word, but it just takes like a bigger, a larger commitment maybe. Like obviously there's the financial component of traveling and you have to take off work and you have to, you know, like actually get yourself spiritually ready to do those things. So that's definitely like not easy. And, you know, hopefully you're going before the Lord in prayer before you're signing up for those trips. But for a commitment that is once a week, whether you're, you know, mentoring a kid or serving at your church on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night for youth group or something, um, that is hard work because it requires showing up and you have to definitely, um, like, prioritize well because it's super easy to be like I'm just so busy or I don't want to go even though you know that it's you know the impact is great um but yeah there's so much there's so much into serving locally that's I just feel like that's super admirable when people are very consistent in their serving because yeah it's just like it's easy Okay, I keep using easy and hard. I feel like those aren't the right words, but yeah, it's just like more exciting to go to a new area than to stay at home. And so often we're told like, well, why are you serving in Rochester? Like there are people all over the world. And then when you plan for a short-term trip somewhere else, they're like, why are you going around the world? Like there are so many people in Rochester. So you're not going to win, but. (laughs) Well, but I think what you're bringing up is what's complicated about this topic. Yeah. Um, last I checked, you and I live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to serve a nonprofit or a school in the city to make ourselves feel better okay. or to be part of the solution? And this is why we're doing this series and we're interviewing different people from different organizations, mm-hmm. partially to help all of our listeners figure out, hey, like, uh, free. I was while you were talking at one point, I was looking up Friedrich Buechner's quote. He says that like where your passion and your expertise meets a need, Mm -hmm. that that's like the beautiful world around us. And so I think we all want that, but I think that you're outlining the struggles of like talking about this. (laughs) And even what you said before, like for us to serve or volunteer, and we're gonna use those interchangeably when we interview people, (laughs) but it's basically saying this, Jesus serves, and we'll get to that, Mm -hmm. but 
like you're created in the image of God, you have value. And that's my, my theological Mm -hmm. assumption. So I think that you're just bringing up a ton of the tensions, but like, I'd rather lean towards doing something than doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy to do nothing. Like it's so, it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm busy or I've got, you know, family priorities or I don't think I would be good at that. So I'm just not going to do anything. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, I know some of the partners that we'll be talking to, but I'm looking forward to hearing just the opportunities that there are that there are like I was thinking about it earlier like there are so many organizations that you can partner with all over the world but especially in your hometown like so many whatever you have an interest in like you can find something that's that's doing something you know and I think that's encouraging um to be able to I mean a lot of it is self-doubt I'm super good at doubting myself and I think that it's really easy to just be like, "Eh, I I don't think I can do that. Like, I don't think I'd be good at it. But then that makes you question like, well, it's actually not about me at all. And I, it doesn't matter if I'd like be good or not, because if I can like make Jesus's name shine and if I can be any sort of help, even if it's like the tiniest bit, it's not about like the quantity. It's really just like, or the quality. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's your heart behind it, definitely. Well, and I've been thinking about this. Uh, one of like the most important books in my life um, is uh, The Spiritual Disciplines by Richard Foster. Mm-hmm. He has a whole chapter about the, again, I'm going to explain <laughs> it, but he has a whole spiritual chapter on submission. Mm. And now that's a interesting word, but let me just kind of frame it like, there's certain disciplines of, you know, I'm just going to call it like I see it. I'm an American, but I'm not going to give my ideas. Like I am literally, if I go serve somewhere, I'm just going to do what mm-hmm. they ask me to do. And there's something humbling about that. And, you know, yeah. I'll be honest, there's there's certain individuals that call Browncroft like, and call me for help. Mm-hmm. And I've told them, like I've said, you know, I, I will be practicing the spiritual discipline of submission. Mm. <laughs> Whereas if you need something and I can help with it, I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going to do it. And first of all, for me, it's really hard to keep my mouth shut. Um, and what's funny is lots of times they they ask me, they're like, no, we actually need your input over right. here. <laughs> but in other points, it's kind of like I'm okay with being behind the scenes. It's you know jesus talks a lot about like giving in private Mm -hmm. um and i think about what some of our partners or you know whether it's an after-school program whether it's um you know a medical nonprofit. like sometimes the volunteering is just like hey you know what i am just gonna organize and clean this room or i'm just gonna show up every thursday and do this and I, I think that for us as Americans specifically, mm-hmm. that's so powerful. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about, like, especially as, especially as Americans, you're right. Like, you walk in and you're like, well, I know what we're doing. And I, I guess I'm coming more as a, uh, more on the mission side. So cross-culturally, I guess it could be local too, but um I was just reading a blog post from Katie and Corey Garrett and they um, they serve with the Wolof in Senegal and she was talking about contextualization and that is like when you celebrate she was just giving different examples about like if you're celebrating something as a white American and you come in and she was saying that so she's from Connecticut and so when she was talking to people in Senegal she was saying that uh I'm from Connecticut but I don't have an accent and they're like okay <laughs> she and then she thought about it and she's like oh wait actually I don't have an accent according to Americans I most definitely have an accent <laughs> here like and so I just thought that was super interesting like we just view everything through our own you know American lens our white lens and that 
isn't great sometimes because if you're walking in being like oh actually I know what to do and I like can do this this certain way or you should do it this way like we did that we talked about that in uh, perspectives which is like a missions discipleship class and it's super awesome I learned a ton and one of the guys was saying that like he's got this a missionary came in he was talking about um they were building they were trying to figure out like this certain irrigation system and he ended up building something like gigantic because that's what they did in some other area and he built this huge it's just this big building and it's completely useless to their people and they're like okay well we're just gonna do you know something else over here and then he realized like oh shoot they actually like know what they're doing and I came in with my ideas and now I have this big building that's basically like making fun of me every time I come back here because it's just like mocking me and the fact that I didn't listen and I think that's like I love that story because it definitely keeps you like you're coming to serve the people that you're serving they obviously need a little bit of assistance because you know why else would you be serving them but that doesn't mean that they are like helpless people and it doesn't mean that they like can't live without you like they are fully capable and have ideas and know their you know culture better than you know their culture shockingly enough and yeah so I just think um it's just important to know your area and know yourself like know okay I I come with skills and I come with ideas but like maybe I should be quiet and let them like actually lead and I'm just gonna serve quietly alongside of them well and you know and I think that brings up a good point because um you know so we've talked a lot about racism in the why God why podcast mm-hmm. and in culture you know, we've talked a lot about political polarization. And when you choose this route of volunteering, I actually think a good motive is even to say, I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go volunteer somewhere outside of my circle. Just number one, it's a way to get to know other people. But then number two, I don't know what I don't see. Right. And I think with serving, because you and I, I think we're good conversationalists. That's why we're on a podcast right now. You know, I have no problem asking someone, hey, let's have coffee and let's just talk. Mm -hmm. But there's something different that happens when I work side by side with someone. Right. You know, and, you know, again, it goes back to, too, like what we talked about before. Like some people, when they see a problem, the first thing that they do is like, I'm going to start this organization. Yeah. But what you don't know is there's like 10 organizations already doing it. (laughs) So how can we support that? And so even listening to you kind of talk this through, there is this element of, I think we know the negative, which is I'm not good enough or Mm -hmm. I'm actually too good. (laughs) Um, But then some of the positives is, no, I'm going to have this discipline of serving and even submission because I realize that for me to love my neighbor yeah, I know my neighbors in where I live, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know the neighbors that live in my city. I don't know the neighbors across the world. Right. And I need a different perspective with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think even your neighbors right next door, you might not know well. So that's something too, like even to serve, serving doesn't necessarily have to be you know something grand it could be something really small it doesn't need to be every week it could be random and just like taking care of the people that are literally right next door mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know I think it for a long time you think or me personally like you serve that one week in the summer for your mission strip or for Flower City in the spring. So you've got like two full weeks of serving. But what about all the other 50 mm. weeks of the year, you know? So I think that's something that I had to like really grow up with because and just be intentional about serving. I mean, you can serve within your own house, like serving the people around you, just having like a servant attitude, um, I think is just like it's hard but it's a good one to have well let's kind of get personal um and then i think we'll we'll come back so you know 
I'll answer this too. Um, <laughs> I gotta love a question that I ask that I answer, okay. but I'll okay. let you go first. You know, how how is one volunteering or serving experience kind of changed you? Yeah, so I, I mentioned it a little while ago, but my first serving experience really, I mean, I guess it's my second, but um, so Flower City Work Camp, that one really, that experience, I was 12 when I first started with Flower City, so a seventh grader, and that was super cool. Like, it was a cool experience because it was in Rochester, but it was very eye-opening to be like, okay, we're driving 10 minutes away from my house, which was just very, it was shocking to think about, like, the poverty that is literally down the street. Like, I live in Penfield, and we were going, yeah, it's five minutes away from Browncroft. Like, it's crazy. So, to think about that was very like eye-opening um, just to serve in your own city and that's something that I I definitely like cared about as a high schooler but now as a like as an adult that's something that I care way more about so I think um, missions cross-cultural serving was sort of more of my like heart for a long time and so that happened I mean I was 14 when I went on my first trip and that really I mean I told you that my intentions weren't great for that trip but God like knew obviously knew like I needed to be there and to really learn and to trust him and um you know it was a, a large growing experience for me but during one of the days that we were there, we were at a um, children's home for disabled kids, and I was very uncomfortable, like very nervous on the way there, like freaking out. And then when we stepped off of the bus, I was just covered in so much peace, weirdly. And, um, and I ended up, I was with my friend and we were just like walking this boy who couldn't walk or talk and he was in a stroller. And so we were just like walking um, him up and down these like bumps in this long path. And I like at that moment, I felt like God was saying that like, this is it. This is what you're going to do. You and that thing was so small, like we were literally just pushing him over a, a bump to make him laugh. And that. So it was serving him and what he needed and just like the the joy that was coming out of him was like amazing and and that was so small and I didn't do anything to like fix his circumstance but God really just I just felt like he was saying like you're just gonna serve me whatever you want to do and even now like I'm 27 no I'm 26 oh my gosh I'll be 27 <laughs> in June um but I am in this like period of life that's like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, how do I want to live my life and serve God? Like, what am I supposed to do? And that question like freaks me out so much. Um, but then I think like even talking now about that story that I talk about like pretty infrequently, but when I do, I get like weirdly emotional and I'm just like the constant reminder of like, you are just meant to do my work and just care about people and love people and do it for me and and that is like a such a nice reminder to think about like there's no pressure you can do anything and if it's serving people in just like you know in any way if you're just loving on people in the name of Jesus like that is what you know God wants me to do so you know it's funny so I think a required reading for this series is When Helping Hurts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so it's just a great book. It's yeah. kind of the textbook for serving and what mm -hmm. we're talking about. But even hearing you is that I think for all of us, we look at serve opportunities and we look at the imperfections. But sometimes, you know, whether you're a Christ follower or not, you know, usually that first experience does something to you. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we instead of this is going to be the opposite but like we look for great when good would actually work mm. 
you know we we look for like this has to like check all the boxes and, and at the end of the day there's no perfect experience and it's almost like if an opportunity is handed to you you do the best with what you can right. so well so I have to answer this question. You thought I was going to buy. We're getting personal. We're, we're, we're getting personal. <laughs> so, um, so what's on my mind is I'm going to count it, but it, if I get pushed back, I will take it. <laughs> um, so I was working on my master's of arts in theology and part of the program was a cross-cultural experience. So when I lived in Philadelphia, um, my friend, Sam, I just kind of asked him, I said, Hey, I got to do a cross-cultural experience. What do you recommend? <laughs> And Sam's one of those people that 90% of the time, um, what I say, like when he says to do something, I just do it. Nice. Like there's, <laughs> I mean, Sam Luffy, I love you. <laughs> I hope you're listening or watching. Anyways, so Sam said, you need to go to this neighborhood in Philadelphia called Kensington. Um, there's this small Anglican church called St. John, and they have a Tuesday night kids program, and I want you to go you know, just go there and stuff and met some great people there. Um, there's the Ross family. And so that whole summer I would drive 45 minutes, um, a couple times a week to just serve and observe. Now it was part, I mean, if you want to get, you know, technical, <laughs> I got graded on it, That's okay. right, but you know, <laughs> but the power of that was, you know, I walked in with certain beliefs and perspectives mm -hmm. and some beliefs and perspectives politically, socially changed mm -hmm. because I sat there and realized that others of them didn't, but I felt more compassionate, empathetic yeah. just because I was like, this is not as simple as I've talked about it, you know? And, I had to read books like The Myth of the Welfare Queen. Um, and I was with, you know, families and kids. And what I was actually doing was, like, I just showed up and I would just, I played soccer with the kids. I, um, you know, I would hand out the handouts. I was coloring. I was just there. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, I was it. Yeah. One of the funniest stories, um, you know, so... It was cross-cultural in the fact I grew up in the suburbs. It was urban. But it was also cross-cultural that this church was a high church, liturgical church. And I had only gone to low churches. Mm -hmm. So you think about a high church, Anglican. They have, you know, um, liturgies. Now I know that some people say all churches have liturgies. <laughs> but, you know, they had, so like, you know, when the priest called me up, he says, oh, I need help with communion. I had taken communion at churches like Browncroft. I've right. never, <laughs> I was right. like, I don't know what I'm doing, but here, you know, sure. you know, here's the bread and grape juice and yeah. stuff. So, um, so there was that, but I think what changed was, and I've been on this journey is I just listen and there's different questions that I ask, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't, I, I went back through my assignment and like just some of the questions I had asked, like the high school students, and like to hear them say, this is literally the best day of my week no. because, you know, I'm, I'm going through so much, yeah. you know, to hear about hopes and mm -hmm. dreams. And I needed to be in a place where, like I said, I was submissive. I was observing. I was serving. And it wasn't about me mm -hmm. and even just to learn and listen and stuff. So I don't know that that was my formative experience, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, I actually like that you went like as a school assignment. I think <laughs> that that's well, it's cool because it's like they had you asking specific questions or like doing specific things. And that's something that just like takes a I mean, you have to do it because you are being graded on it. But you maybe you wouldn't have asked those questions or maybe you would have just like been you know I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna color and do these things but I also have to have like a conversation with a high schooler that like I don't know and this is different and whatever so maybe that's good sort of pushes you to I regret <laughs> well so just to give some context like this was about the time I started dating Robin okay um so for the we so Alyssa <laughs> has an episode Robin has an episode <laughs> 
apparently people wake up at night and ask why Robin married me because I was our number one episode. <laughs> but I I regret because in that season I was transitioning from Pennsylvania to move up to Rochester. Mm-hmm. I regret not going back there. Yeah. I regret like I'm challenged by like I said before the volunteers that go to elementary schools that go to high schools they go every single week Mm -hmm. and to me that's the ideal because it's saying this hey um I'm just gonna show up yeah I'm gonna do whatever you tell me Mm -hmm. and like because the Christian belief because of what Jesus has done because I don't know what I don't know yeah Yeah, I'm just thinking about we've got a couple of people at Browncroft that have reached out to me to be like, I want to serve and I'll do anything. So just (laughs) let me know. And I'm like, okay. so I've, you know, I've been reaching out every time I have an opportunity. I'll email this one guy and I'm like, hey, uh, so we've got another opportunity. If you're free, whatever, just give him the information. He's always like, I'm there and I'm going to bring three of my friends. And I'm like, thank you so much. (laughs) So but I just think like I love that like that willingness and excitement and just openness to being like this is a weird season of life and you know I don't know whatever everyone's circumstances are a little bit different but um I just love like the willingness to be like I'm down to do whatever like it might not even and some of the jobs like really suck like moving you know moving boxes from one building to another at Rochester Family Mission like that's super, super helpful to them, and they needed that, and we sent, you know, 15 Browncroft guys there. So helpful. So sucky. Like, I felt bad to even ask for that because I'm like, ugh, who wants to do that? But it's helpful, and that's, like, that is the point. You want to be helpful, and, you know, maybe you, yeah, maybe you think you're better than that, but, like, that's what they need at the current time, so that's what you're going to do, and I think that that's just, like, yeah just the willingness to do whatever is kind of nice well and it so we're bringing up a lot of themes like the what and the how of serving like sometimes it's not gonna be fun um sucky is a greek word no no no, i love i love it i love it this is we're making people feel comfortable stuff you can't say in church you know sorry but you know I think a couple things that kind of sparked this series with me as you and I talked about this was, you know, I had people come up to me and ask me like, hey, I don't have any friends that are black. What do I do? And that's such a complicated topic because on one hand, I want to affirm that you're trying to get outside your comfort zone, listen to different perspectives but like it's not like i have people coming to me being like hey can i have a conversation with you because you're white like right, right i mean these are human beings right and you know and i i think that even talking about serving it's not saying that you're doing this just only to meet people but mm-hmm. it's also doing this to get you in a context that's different mm-hmm. and even as i talk about it now i might be fumbling and i will receive correction but mm-hmm. like there's something about if you're not seeing any changes, but you're doing the same things, right. you're not going to get the perspective that you need. Mm-hmm. And so I think about serving anywhere, you know, and it's not just a race issue. It's actually a socioeconomic, right. you know, if, if I'm making comments about certain, you know, where people get paid, you know, and I actually think this is both, but you mostly serve people that make less money than you, mm-hmm. like, I need to spend time with people and serving is a way to do that because when I'm serving, I'm actually on an equal playing field. Um, And I should be looking at people that they're created in God's image. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that that's even why we're doing this is to help you because what's, what we're doing right now in the world just isn't working. Like, I mean, if you're Republican (laughs) or Democrat, you I mean, statistics say you probably have friends that are Republican or like whatever Mm -hmm. party you pick. And so it's just important. Why would I volunteer? Well, I'd volunteer to meet people that I would have never met before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, just what you're saying about like the socioeconomic differences, uh, you do you are on the same level, but you have to. uh, Yeah, I think it like 
got a lot of thoughts now. Um, it's easy to go in being like, well, I'm actually at a higher socioeconomic level than you are. So I'm coming in to serve you, but I am you know better than you or whatever like that's an easy thing to go in and be like well I just want to serve because I want to give back and whatever it's so important so I do I mean it goes back to intentions um but yeah like being in I think that's awesome like the the equal playing field of like we're just people and I mean yeah I don't well no (laughs) I love what you're talking about there because we think socioeconomic and the way I was talking about it was on purpose mm-hmm. is just money. Right. But there's studies that like, I think it's $125,000 a year. Like once you make that much money, you actually get less happier. Mm. I thought it was 75. Or 70. No, yeah. it's 70. <laughs> the peak. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody Google that. Okay. Somebody Google that. <laughs> but I think that that's the whole point yeah. is like, there's people that make 15 grand a year mm-hmm. and they're happier than right. us and they're actually in some ways more spiritual mm-hmm. and and we only look at one part whereas like right. every person you have something to learn from yeah. and so I just love that you brought that up yeah absolutely I mean that's I went to Africa my sophomore year of college and that was something that like I mean there's poverty all over the world but um yeah so just to see like extreme poverty but then to also see so much joy in the people that we were with was just like crazy I mean it's it's almost confusing to your brain because you're like wait a second (laughs) you don't have anything but you are filled and there's so much joy within like I mean little kids that are being cared for but they aren't being cared for by their parents like that's something that there's still joy and they still like know the lord and they know him like so deeply and that was something that i'm like i'm a little jealous of this (laughs) like i yeah i just think i yeah that's a good point like it is it's different and and back even back to your american white view of everything like you hear socioeconomic you're thinking money but it is it's deeper than that um yeah interesting no that's good (laughs) well let let's kind of flat out do it because we're going to come back to this question a lot Mm -hmm. let's flat out answer together why would you volunteer or serve i mean me personally or just in general Either way. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw you getting your notes. It's all I good. I know. I was looking. I'm like, we've already kind of touched on this. Um, but yeah, so I have, so my like life verse, I know that that can be like kind of cliche, but um, is Ephesians 2.10. And that is uh, where God's workmanship created in uh, Christ Jesus to do good works in that he prepared in advance for us. And I think that's something, I mean, even back to my first missions experience as a 14 year old like that verse was really um just like I don't know important to me so it's been a while with that just like in my heart but that is something that I truly believe and hold on to like we are God's workmanship and he has prepared all this stuff for us to do good works for us to do um so we just have to do it like volunteer and and do what God has like put in in front of you and sometimes you might have to search for it a little bit but um yeah like he's given you skills and passions and like I don't know you can definitely find something within those skills and passions that you care about um to serve other people but yeah I just think like we were created to love people and care about them and to serve them so that's why i would volunteer i'm gonna go super specific why we we all would volunteer or serve i think in this season as i've said a couple times before we really need to get to know people outside of our comfort zones Mm -hmm. and maybe comfort zones isn't the right word but just kind of outside of our circles and I think that that is a long game. I think that 
because we've been saying things like inform yourself. So I think we naturally think, okay, read books about mm -hmm. it. We say, listen. And the question, who are you listening to? Right. You know, do yeah. you have people of different perspectives? And I guess I'm surprised at how many people don't. Right. And I, I think that that requires when you serve, it's actually in a place of humility. Mm -hmm. um, it's in the discipline of submission. It's in all of those things. And even if you're not a Christ follower and yeah. you're listening to this podcast, like the benefits of serving and volunteering, um, I'd even encourage you if you're not a Christ follower, serve with a Christian organization. Mm. See if there's an opportunity because the values of what Jesus was talking about mm -hmm are what is driving this conversation for us right and even as a church in the suburbs the reason we want people to volunteer is the gospel the good news of jesus but it's also just this realization mm -hmm. that when our world expands we actually become a little we get to see what jesus sees right. and that's the beauty and brokenness of this world so yeah Man. Well, hey, well, this is a great place. We we got a lot to, we're still working on our schedule, mm -hmm. so we're recording this early, but um, the rest of this podcast series, we're going to be interviewing people that kind of lead volunteer opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we're still working on that. Um, we don't even know how long the series is going to be. <laughs> we'll let the spirit lead. So let's close on this. What would Jesus have to say about this topic? I'll go first. Um because if I say anything heretical or crazy, you can kind of okay. clean it up. But <laughs> so what what does Jesus say about serving and volunteering? Um, I'm sure we're going to come back to this a lot. Mm -hmm. And I almost snuck it in, but I wanted to save it for now. So Jesus tells this parable about the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, he gives these people, you know, he gives, um, there's a scribe and then there's a priest and they were like the model of, you know, of people that were religious that would serve. And they see a man on the side of the road and they walk right by and they say that they're busy. And then, mm -hmm. and then the Samaritan, who is a cultural reject, who didn't belong, serves. And Jesus asks this question. You know, the Samaritan takes care of the person and Jesus says, who was his neighbor? And the person that Jesus is talking to is kind of, He's like the one who had pity on him. Mm. And he's like, go and do the same. And so I think for all of us, whether you follow Jesus or not, you know, volunteering is is looking at someone and saying, you are my neighbor. And I think for the huge digital world that we live in, our neighbors could be thousands of miles away. Mm. But I think the way we treat people as neighbors is so important and that's i think what jesus would have to say how would you want to be treated as a neighbor so yeah yeah um i would say so i was thinking about um luke 5 and when the friends of the paralyzed guy tried to get him in front of jesus and they couldn't get in because there was the big crowd in the house and so they like climbed up the house and brought the guy through a, with a mat like through the roof um to get in front of Jesus and and because of that like because of their faith because they um cared about their friend like Jesus saw them recognized that and and ended up healing um like he they he, he healed his friend um or healed the paralyzed man and then everyone in the house was amazed and praised God. And I love that story so much because it kind of breaks down like everything that we've, you know, been talking about. But um, the friends, the guys that brought their paralyzed friend through the roof, they saw his need um, and, you know, cared for him enough to try to get him in through one way and then, you know, couldn't so they didn't give up on him they like still you know were dra dragging him around on this map but they ended up like they knew what he needed and I mean when we think about it we're like oh yeah he needed to not be paralyzed but that's not what he needed he needed to be in front of Jesus um so they they do that and 
and Jesus, you know, he didn't have to heal his physical body. He did because he is wonderful and great. Um, but just, you know, healing his soul was, you know, obviously more important. Um, but yeah, I just think that that like from the perspective of the friends, they saw this guy, they knew what he needed. They brought him to Jesus. And then the, like the aftermath of all these people in the house, like it was a huge crowd. They couldn't get through. And so, and then all these people see this miracle that's, you know, this man being healed and they're all amazed and they praise God. Like that's the point. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'm to be more of the Christian perspective than the non-Christian, but, um, like we volunteer to show people Jesus and Mm. to, um, make this just this rip, you know, like the ripple effect of, um, like this amazing thing that could happen or you just take care of one person and then that, you know, that person takes care of another person and it just goes on and on. And if it's in the name of Jesus, it's really going to work. Um, so I just thought that story was something like a, a nice reminder of like, if we are bringing people towards Jesus, then we're doing it right. So whatever that looks like, um, but if it's if Jesus is the focus, then yeah, it's the right direction. Man, that's a good way to close this episode. I love it. Uh, stay tuned. Um, one thing I'm going to encourage you all to do: go to our website, subscribe to our email. That is the best way to stay connected with us. And so I want to encourage you all: you are not going to want to miss um, a, an episode in this series. Catch up on our other ones. Thank you so much for joining us. And our website, again, is whygodwhypodcast.com. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Alyssa. Have a great day.